Hello and welcome back to another episode of Wealth in Christ Podcast, a show where we encourage you to find spiritual and financial balance in your life through the abundance grace of God. On the podcast today, we have Mr. Andre Arbenton. Mr. Andre is a well-known for educating people and trading in the stock market and REITs. And today we're going to talk about Mr. Andre's journey so far in the stock market. So thank you for being here, Mr. Andre. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Um, thanks for having me on the show. We appreciate you, brother. Um, how are you doing over there? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, so how long have you been um, in a stock market, um, trading the stock market? How long have you been doing that for? You know, I think it's a very good question, by the way. So technically, I've been in the stock market, man, since I got a job and I started investing my 401k. So that's like wow. tip number one, you know, employee matching programs. That's you investing. It's a little bit more passive. So that was back in like 2013, 2014. And then around 2018, I started doing this more actively on my own. So like my big store is like I was researching a company. Um, the company's name is called Signet Jewelers. They own the majority of diamonds in the world. So, you know, if you ever hear that diamonds are scarce, it's only scarce because one company owns the majority of them. So I said, okay, that is going to be a safe investment. So, okay, well, people keep buying diamonds. I'm like this one. I, I think I bought it for like $76 on about one stock at the time. And I know it dropped, it tanked, and I ended up selling like two years later for maybe $30. I lost 40 bucks. But, you know, it was a good learning experience. And, you know, keep in mind, I only had one share, so it wasn't that bad. It was like my life savings. But I learned a lot of, I learned a lot of lessons from just that one trade. So that's been really helpful, you know. And since then, I've just been growing. So I worked in a financial firm, been studying how to trade. And, you know, I just really got into it. I dived on in. Now I teach other people how to do trading for the stocks and REITs. So it's been a, it's been a heck of a journey, man. That's good. That's good. And you only trade stocks or you also do options, um, all, all the above? Mm -hmm. So I do options and I do cryptocurrency. I'm not, I'm not to the point where I can teach somebody about it, but I'm dangerous enough with the information I know. So I did um, some option trading last year during the summer. And you know, the thing about that is it's easy to make money. It's easy to lose money. So I might've booked just even on my options trading. So I just do it a little bit here and there, but not too much. I usually stick with like a little bit long-term investing. That's great. Uh, so what has been the biggest challenge for you as an investor? Maybe investing for almost seven years. So what has been like the biggest challenge for you? You know, man, I think the biggest challenge, and I think it's a challenge that affects everyone, is the confidence factor. So you read all these books, you watch Jim Cramer or whoever you want to watch on about stocks, and then you get to the point where you're about to buy the stock and you have to hit that buy button. And I think a lot of people from that point, they freeze up. So I have the same issue going on. Um, you know, it's like, okay, is this the right stock? Maybe I should study a little bit more. Maybe I should take another course. You know, like looking back at it, it's like I could have just bought the stock and so much more than I would have in the course compared to just getting the experience. You know, experience is definitely a big part. And I think when people get more involved, you know, if you can just invest a little bit here and there, the experience is going to help you with that confidence. So, you know, that was my biggest thing. That's how I was able to tackle that 
was just by keep practicing, keep at it, keep learning, and again, keep practicing. That's great. That's great. Um, so, what are some like? I like the fact that you went into like education, and uh, a lot of times when you know you get so so much information that you almost like guess get too scared to invest. How would you say someone can overcome that? A lot of times people just want to study and get all the information, but they not do anything with the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I would say for those people, well, first off, invest what you can afford to lose because at the end of the day, investments, you know, anything can go down south anytime. But take like maybe $25 out, you know, something that's not going to kill you, invest it in, into a stock. And keep in mind, we have these things called fractional shares. So what that means is you don't have to save up $1,000 to buy one stock anymore. You can invest $100 if that's all you have and you own 10% of that stock. So that's usually my suggestion, you know, invest a little bit in what you can afford to lose, see how it does. Um, Investopedia, they have a stock simulator app. So you can go to the website and you can just Google this, um, Investopedia stock simulator, and you can practice with some paper money as well. So you can put in these practices and say, okay, this is what I would have picked with my own money and give it like maybe a month, two months. And you can see how your stock does. So that also might help ease some of that anxiety of when you actually have to hit that buy button. That's good. And how important education um, and before you get into the stock? You know, man, yeah, um, as you would imagine, education is extremely important. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's trying to figure out the fine line for you because, you know, I don't want anyone to get stuck on the education aspect because otherwise you'll never make a move. But usually I'll say take a course. You know, there's a lot of free investing courses nowadays. Find someone that you can relate to, whether it's me or someone else. You know, there's plenty of stock investing gurus out there and all that stuff now. But, you know, it's just a matter of learning enough to the point where you feel comfortable to say, okay, this is my strategy. This is the stocks I'm looking at. And this is the date I'm going to purchase these stocks for a little bit of money to test out the waters. So, you know, just testing out the process because a lot of people, they kind of fall to the FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. But, you know, there's money to be made every single day. So just because you miss one stock, you'll be okay. I promise. That, that's definitely great. I like the fact that you spoke about FOMO because like right now, you know, everything, the whole market is hot, you know, whether it's crypto, whether it's stocks, and like almost like you can literally, anybody can literally trade. Um, so what would you say to people of, of that type, you know, because everybody just want to make money and they don't really care about, you know, learning information, you know, understand why the stock is going up, why the stock is going up. What would you tell them so they don't lose too much if they are? Yeah, um, the first one I'm going to tell them is, you know, invest what you can afford to lose. Because I, I mentioned, you know, I invest in cryptocurrency. Um, so I break down my money. So like if I have $100 to invest, 10% of that money is only going to risky stocks such as cryptocurrency because honestly, I don't understand it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't make money. So, you know, it's been making me money, but if it went down tomorrow, I probably still want to know why it went down, but I'm not going to be crying in my bed or anything, right? It's only 10% of my money. I understand the risk. So that's usually why I would tell them as well. It's like, hey, if you don't really understand it, like you can't tell me why the stock is going up. You can't tell me why the stock is going down. It kind of equates to gambling at that point. So at that moment, it's like, hey, Las Vegas rules, make sure you're just not investing your mortgage money. 
and you, if you lose the money tomorrow, you're going to be okay. Like, because the anxiety is really high, especially for like cryptocurrency. You know, you can see something drop in 20%. You can see something drop 50%. You can see it go up 50%, but you don't really know when to sell. You don't know when to get out of there, when to do anything because you don't understand what you're doing in the first place. So it can really complicate anybody's. That, that, that is great. So again, that leads to my next question. How do you go about you know, researching before you get into a stock? Um, what do you look for in a stock before you purchase yeah. it? No, that's a real good question, man. So I break down my portfolio into like four different areas. 30% of that is going to large cap companies. So that'll be Facebook, Amazon, Walmart, index funds. So these are companies that have been around for a long time and that have middle cap stocks. Those are still pretty well-known companies like Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise, though it's not as big. And then I do 3% of my money into real estate investment trusts. Those are companies that just own a lot of real estate and they have tenants across the nation. And as I mentioned, 10% risky. So the first thing I need to do, and this is what everyone should do, is decide what is your goal. So whether my goal is to say, hey, I want to invest in something safer, I'm going to look towards index funds. And for that one, it can kind of go, yeah, let's go down the line. So for index funds, you know, those are the main one. Um, the index fund is just a basket full of stocks. So it's going to own different percentages of each stock. So my own 2% of stock A, 2% of stock B, so on and so on. So usually those are a little bit safer because if stock A goes down, that's only 2% of your portfolio for that one. So usually index funds can be safer. And when I'm researching these things, I'm gonna say, okay, is this one meeting my goal? I'm going to Yahoo Finance to read all the recent articles. I like to use Morningstar. They'll get to show you the finances in the back. And really for the most part, I'm just, I wanna make sure that the revenue is still growing. Make sure the expenses are at least staying the same or staying low. And I want to really look for any major red flags. So the red flags are going to be like um, bankruptcy, possible mergers, anything that I think could harm the company's value. That's something I will usually stay away from. And then you know, if it's meeting my goals, I've done all my research, then I'll probably go ahead and invest into it. And if it's doing well, I check in on like an, on a quarterly basis every three months. I'll keep reinvesting back into it. Because, you know, it's kind of like if you find a golden goose, you want to invest more money into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's the same. So if it's doing bad, I'll sell it if I need to. And then I'll go look for new investment or I'll go back to my watch list of other companies I wanted to invest in. But maybe, maybe I just didn't have enough money at the time. That's great. That's great. Um, and would you say a better strategy is to um, dollar dollar cost average is a better is a better way to to build positions in different stocks rather than just throwing a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars right away? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, dollar cost averaging that's a really good stock. I mean, you know, for those who don't know, that's pretty much you just do this on a consistent basis. So every paycheck you let's just say two hundred dollars, you invest two hundred dollars every paycheck. So you're going to invest that $200 at the highs of the market, the lows of the market, in the middle. And the idea is it should all average out. So for that one, I'm not going to say it's better just because when it comes to investing, everyone has their own strategy. So that strategy might work for some, for others it might not. 
maybe you want to get like a big payout on bonus time. That's can be your own time. You can actually invest. Maybe dollar cost average style is the best thing for you. You know, when it comes to investing, there's like so many different strategies, but they all can make money at the end of the day. So, you know, um, you got Warren Buffett. He might not do the dollar cost average, though he preaches it, but he's still making money too. But no, I do like that strategy. I think it's great, especially for beginners, just to go ahead and get you acclimated to things in the stock world. And it puts the biggest principle at work, and that is consistency. So if you are consistent with your investments, like you just consistently invest into the same index fund that falls the market, 10 or so years, you'll be happy you did. But yeah, it's um, taking consistency, putting in time, you know, that resource that we can never get back, and it's making that money compound for you over the long term. That's great. So how would you advise for someone to get started this time? Like if they want to get started as soon as possible, how would you go about advising them to get in? Um, all right. Can I kind of do my own plug for a course of mine? No problem. Okay, okay, cool, cool. I'll make sure I don't break no rules. Um, so usually when people have questions about how to get invested in the stock market, I used to have to give this big explanation. So then I got tired of giving these big explanations because everyone had the same question. So I made a course for it. So it's um, the investing crash course for stocks. Um, I think the minimum you can pay is $5 and then all the profits go to a nonprofit. So if you want to, I'll say start there because that's probably the best course you're going to find for $5 to get you started. Now, for whatever reason, if you don't want to do that, I'm going to say YouTube. Like YouTube and Google is our friends. For me, that's really how I learned about all the stock investing. Now, granted, when you're learning this information, you can do some of the good websites such as NerdWallet, Big Wallet, Investopedia, Yahoo Finance. And from there, you can teach yourself. Like if I can do it, I'm sure you guys can do it. You know, I had like a, man, I'm pretty sure I had a C average in high school. But even then, I was still able to like make some of this stuff work. So, you know, I'm just saying I'm not the shiniest crown in the box or anything. But if you put the time in, you put the effort in, you keep at it. Yeah, you can make those free resources work just as fine for you. That's great. That's great. And uh, uh, you mentioned that you read some books. What are some books have you read in terms of investing that's helped your journey? You know, the main one, I was the, the intelligent investor. And that was honestly it, man. I, and I say that just because for me, I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> so um, me reading books, it just wasn't happening. Hence why I had that C average in high school, not much of a reader. But, you know, for me, The Intelligent Investor, that's the main one I read. The other ones I read was the Dave Ramsey. I think that's just good for financial sound and investing too. And The um, Millionaire Next Door, that's kind of how I got my name. That's good for investing too. In a sense, it just teaches you about consistency and dollar cost averaging. Outside of that, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I do my own podcast now. And most of the times, I'm just reading articles if we can count that as books. But yeah, if you go to Yahoo Finance, go to that, go to um, balance.com. Just use Google. Honestly, like, type in how do stocks work. There's going to be so many resources that come up. I mean, the amount of information we have here is tremendous. So really, you can get started at any time. I think this is a matter of do you actually want to get started? You know, you're going to stick through with it. 
definitely true. Uh, so I definitely want to ask this question. I'm sure some people want to know. Where do you see the future of the stock market going um, in terms of this year, next five years? Some people think it's going to crash. Some people think it'll continue to go up. So what, what is your position on this? No, man, I, you know, I got to do like two quick disclaimers. Um, first off, you know, I'm just an investing nerd. So let's talk with you, an investment advisor, of course, be on the safe side. The second one is, you know, when it comes to these type of questions, it's truly just an opinion. So you can have two people on Wall Street. They both make six figures. They look at the same stock. One guy can say, hey, I'm not touching that thing. The other guy can say, hey, I'm investing all my money into that. So at the end of the day, this truly is all opinions. And that's why it's so important to understand what's going on, just so you can come to your own opinion. Now, for my opinion about the future of the stock market, we have such a pent-up demand for travel and entertainment. So travel stocks such as, you know, like the cruise lines, AMC theaters, I'm pretty sure those things are going to skyrocket this year because they're going to have a lot of high income. Then things will hopefully settle down, you know, probably a little bit settled down in 2022 because the travel is going to be so high that most people have to put their travel plans off until next year. And then we'll kind of see what other companies will be doing well for the next sector. The other way to look into these stocks is, you know, you want to be proactive compared to reactive. So by that, I mean, when Joe Biden won presidency, did you read his plan? Did you hear that he says he wants to spend billions of dollars on infrastructure? So that means if that infrastructure goes through, some of these companies that focus on that are going to get some of that money. And, you know, government money is good money because that is guaranteed money. So, you know, that's another thing. Look at the other trends. So um, the self-driving vehicles, that's really big. Tesla can ideally take advantage of that. But also when you read a little bit more about it, you'll learn that 5G is a major thing for these self-driving vehicles. So invest in the 5G companies, you know, like AT&T, there's um, cell tower companies, that are the ones that build the cell towers, they have been doing, doing well for the past two years because of that trend coming up. So, you know, I think that's a, Pretty important to say now, when it comes to coming to your own conclusion, I mean, look at the trends, try and be proactive. Don't be reactive, because if you're reactive, you're gonna be buying these stocks at a higher price. So yeah, that's like my big synopsis of the next two or three or so years. <laughs> that's great, that's great. I also wanna talk about how important is diversification in your stock portfolio. A lot of times people won't get so caught up in stock and tech or EV stocks and you know and when they want these sectors go down you have a very nasty portfolio pretty much yeah man so diversification is extremely important and I can't stress this enough um, when you see people on Instagram saying hey I made this much money um, investing in this stock that is not a sign to say hey I'm gonna invest all my money and do the same thing because I mean we don't know the full story like they invest 10000 that could be like 10% of their portfolio. It could be chump change to them. So for my diversification, I'm a little bit old-fastened because, you know, when it comes to this, when it comes to my retirement money, I want to make sure it's still there. I also want to make sure it's still growing at a decent rate. I don't want to be greedy about it. So, you know, if it gets 10%, I'm happy with 10%. If it gets 5%, I'm still happy with that. But, you know, a lot of people, especially when they see Instagram influencers say, hey, this stock may be 80%, they might sell some of those stocks if it doesn't make them 20%. So 
So now go back to your goals, see if this diversification is ideal for you. That's kind of going to guide you. You know, at the end of the day, it's extremely important to be diversified. If you can't take a company going down and that's 100% of your money, like your mental well-being cannot take that, yeah, you got to chop it up a little bit and that's okay. So, you know, maybe you want to spend 25% on Tesla money. That's fine. Maybe you want to spend 20% on the EV stocks or cryptocurrency, but you have everything else in index funds to make sure you have some strong financial foundation for yourself in the future. Because I have lost money before. I've seen other people lose money. It's not a fun event. So, you know, just diversify a little bit. <laughs> that's great. That, that's definitely great. And I want to ask this. Why are you so big on REITs? Um, seeing something in your bio, you, it's like you preach about it a lot. Why are you, like, very big on REITs? Man, that's, um, yeah, that's the question of the year. <laughs> you know, for myself, when it came to REITs, I found them so interesting. There's um, a lot of different sectors. So, you know, you got REITs that focus on hotels. Some focus on temple lands. So, like, they own acres of land that just have trees on it. So REITs are just interesting to me. And I like to focus in on it because they pay higher dividends. And we can consider them pretty safe in the stock value just because real estate is pretty safe. So, you know, real estate tends to go above inflation. So because of that, I can say, okay, these REITs, this can be the foundation for my investment portfolio. So it's going to go up increasingly. The dividends we keep paying out over the long term. And at the end of the day, if I'm being honest, I'm a lazy investor. So, you know, I want to make sure I get my dividends easily. And I want to invest in real estate, but I don't want to have to actually manage the real estate property. So this is like the perfect middle ground for me when it came to REITs. That, 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 definitely, that definitely does make sense. Definitely another way to get exposure to the real estate market without actually being in it. That's, no, definitely, that's definitely great. Uh, my other question, so since crypto is very big, um, like, what's your perspective? Like, you know, where do you, um, you say you're not that big on it, but where do you see in terms of, you know, crypto and the stock market? Like, how do you see those two different markets playing out? Playing out? Man, that, yeah, that one was truly opinion-based, no doubt. When it comes yeah. to these things... I wish I could even explain what cryptocurrency is. So for me, I was, I was going to say my opinion. Once again, I invest in a little bit in crypto. I promise, guys, I'm not a hater. This is just my opinion. But um, like crypto, I just can't see it sustaining past two decades. And I say that just because I know a lot of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin investors. I don't know anyone who actually uses the currency to buy stuff. So it seems like it's just everyone collecting these things until, you know, so the value keeps going up, hype keeps it moving, social media keeps it moving, but doesn't seem like nothing in concrete in a sense. It's like, um, if you remember the pipeline that, um, you know, got hacked by the, um, what was it, the dead side people or something, by the hackers, that's yeah. the most time I've ever seen cryptocurrency used because they got to use 5 million in non-traceable cryptocurrency to pay them off. Majority of the times, yeah, I just haven't seen many people use cryptocurrency yet. So, I mean, that's been my major kind of setback for the currency. It's like, if no one's using it, is it truly valuable? Right now, we're saying it is, but I don't see any practical uses from it yet. 
that that that's definitely interesting perspective. That's definitely interesting perspective. Um, definitely interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, I, I, I promise I'm not a hater, y'all. That's just my simple thinking. But I know there's like a bunch of other experts who understand it way more. Go listen to them on the cryptocurrency, because otherwise you will not get my simple mind perspective. Yeah, no problem. There's no 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 problem at all. So basically, um, so that's great. My other question I I have is, how would you basically for someone that is losing money right now, um, how would you basically help them stay encouraged? Like you said, you know, all these pressure, you know, you don't want to keep falling to form on bad habits. How would you advise them? You know, they even lose a trade after trade or, you know, stock pick mm-hmm. after stock pick. So how would you advise them to stay on this path? Man, that, that's a real question. So I keep it real with everybody. If someone's been trading for, let's say, three years and they haven't made a successful trade, I would say, hey, you just need to do index funds. Like, keep it at that. Maybe maybe this just ain't your thing, you know? Um, real estate is not my thing, so I stay in my lane. Um, pay a financial advisor. Pay them that 1% so they can manage your money um, a little bit better than you can and call it a day. Now, for someone who's, like, kind of in the middle ground, like, getting some winning trades or getting some bad trades, I'm going to ask them just to say, hey, why are the good trades making money? Like, walk me through the process. Let's see if we can continue to replicate this yeah and then of course you know if they're like our age you know we're two young gentlemen it's like hey we got time to take losses we got time to build our experiences we got time to still grow and you know that's definitely the beauty of when you invest when you're young so like a market crash happens last year if i was 65 about to retire oh i'm gonna be highly upset because i can't retire no more But, you know, our age is, okay, this was a buying opportunity for us. This was our come up year. Last year was our come up year pretty much. So, you know, we got time in the market. So, you know, mistakes happen, bad trades happen. But I truly believe if you, if anyone just keeps at it, keep learning, you don't get the hang of it. That's great. And this one, this big question, I think I spoke about it already. Um, why long-term investing over short-term investing? Um, say it for me one more time. Why should people choose long-term investing over short-term? A lot of times, you know, people want to get the fast gain, the fast money, but over time it's proven that the longer you stay in the stock or in the trade, the more successful you can be. Yeah, um, so it goes back to your goals. So if you're investing for retirement, do the long-term. Now, myself is a perfect example. I have two accounts uh, with Charles Schwab. I got my old man, Dre, that's for my retirement money. And then my second one is my COVID cash money. That's for the more short term. So you notice that each account has its purpose. So I also just to do the same for you guys, you know, just because you get $1,000 doesn't mean I can invest into only one stock. You can split it up, split up into accounts if you want to do a little bit short term investing and a little bit long term investing. Now, as you mentioned, usually long term, the longer you stay in it, the better chances are that the stock is going to increase in value. So that's one thing. But if that's not your thing, like let's say, like for me, I'm, I use my money, the COVID cash money, to help with my down payment for my house that's going to be coming up this year in September. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, 
I use that for short term for reasons. So because of that, I'm going to act in a short term manner. So these are the companies that I said, okay, I think these are going to turn over in a year. So it wasn't a lot of Facebook or anything. Um, it was a little bit of Amazon, a little bit of Tesla, some electric vehicle companies, you know, just taking on that risk because I understand what my goal is. So I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer. I think once you know your goals, the answer is going to be obvious, like simple as that. That, yeah, that's great. So that leads me to the next question because you speak, you've been speaking a lot about goals, you know, you know, what is your goal and based on your goal, that's just how you invest. But, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes your goal could be more bigger than you can actually do than the risk that you are able to take. So how would you advise somebody like that? Because somebody can say, you know, I want to make a million dollars this year, you know, but, uh, you know, the, the risk that they have to take to get to that million dollars, is it worth it? Is, is it not? I don't know. To me, it wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, someone says they want to make a million dollars and they are dead set on a million dollars this year. I'm going to send them to Las Vegas. Like, I have nothing else for them. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, realistically, it, yeah, everyone's going to be different. So I say this a lot. Personal finances is personal for a reason. So, you know, for me, 20% is a lot of money. Like, that's amazing to me. And 10% might be a lot of money to someone else. 50% might be a lot of money to someone else, too. So I'm going to be real with them. I'll say, hey, if you're looking to make 50% of your money in one year, we'll have to do some risky things. Like, well, pretty much throwing it in crypto. Now I'm going to let them know, say, hey, if you're not okay with losing this money within two months, these aren't the trades you should be making. Or at least this is the money you should be investing. Maybe cut it down in half. Then if you do well in the first two months, use that money to go again or something like that. But, you know, it's just by having a realistic conversation. It's like, this is what you want. This is what you're going to have to do. If you're not feeling okay with it, we need to reevaluate. So, yeah, real, realistic goals because it's just numbers. Like, numbers don't care. So at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. Whether you need to go to Las Vegas or invest in crypto, or you just want to invest in some index funds for the long term, depending on your goals, you'll know the right answer. That's great. That's great. I definitely want to say thank you for your time. Um, can you close out with a word of advice um, and where people can find you? Um, and also the course that you mentioned, if you can do that. like, Yeah. Um, so for myself, you guys can find me on Instagram, of course, in true millennial fashion. I'm under the millennials next door. And actually, if you follow me, there's a tab, a link in my bio. It has all my free resources there. So you can get the course. If you want to learn more about rates, I have something for that too. I got something for everybody, honestly. So yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Uh, my last word of advice is, you know, if you're watching this, I would say take action after this, you know, People, they attend conferences, they listen to podcasts, but they forget the most important thing is to take action. I don't care if you buy one stock or five stocks. I just want you guys just to get started. Uh, remember that Investopedia stock simulator. That's something you can use. Um, like tomorrow, it's free, free of charge. Use it, practice, get into it, and just be proactive instead of reactive when it comes to investing. That's going to be my last piece. Now, thank you. Thank you again, Mr. Andre. It was definitely fun talking about the stocks and, you know, how you invest. And hopefully those who are listening to a couple of gems do take action and, you know, they are proactive instead of reactive.
Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very hey, much. Thank you.